Shalom, and welcome to Kehilat Rosh Pina, a dynamic, multicultural, and growing Messianic Jewish congregation located in the heart of Oklahoma City and led by Rabbi Michael Weigand. Our goal is to bring you the message of the Word each week from a Jewish perspective and to exalt Messiah Yeshua as Lord and Savior overall. We are a loving congregation made up of both Jew and Gentile, now one in the Messiah, with Shabbat morning services at 10.40 a.m. and various studies throughout the week. Please come and join us next time you are in Oklahoma City. We would love to have you. And now, we hope you enjoy today's message. I hope it's been a sum call. It's been an easy fast for you. How many would say you've had an easy fast today, those that are fasting? Not too many hands up here. What's going on? It's been the tough one? <laughs> Appreciate everyone and want to thank everyone who's participated in the services uh, this day, starting last night all the way through now. And it's been a good time. The Lord knows there's a lot to pray about. There's a lot to... Um, focus the attention of our heart upon the Lord so that He might guide us and direct us as we pray, as we uh, are about doing His will, seeking Him, seeking His guidance, seeking His provision, seeking uh, most of all to honor and please Him. And I, I believe um, during this time probably the Lord has spoken to hearts about certain things and got his point across. I like, I like to say he knows how to get his points across. How many know that? He knows how to get his points across. He knows exactly how to get our attention when he wants to. And as we come to the close of our Yom Kippur day of fasting, uh, it's not just been fasting, it's been fellowship. Had a great time uh, discussion over the book of Jonah, which we do every year. A lot of participation in that time of study, as in the book of Jonah, worship, prayer, and gathering. I'm reminded of the words of the prophet Yeshayahu, Isaiah, that are found in Isaiah chapter 25, verse 1. And you probably noticed during Yom Kippur, I have not asked the guys in the back to put the scriptures up. Uh, it's a good day to give them a break from doing all that. So if you listen carefully as I read some of these scriptures to you, this is what Isaiah chapter 25, verse 1 says. O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name, for you have done wonderful things. This statement uh, very simple statement, by the way. Let me read it again. O oh Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name, for you have done wonderful things. Very simple statement. It's a declaration to God, uh, assumably by Isaiah the prophet. And it begins with this, Lord, <laughs> you are my God. I don't know which word there stands out to you, but what I like to emphasize is that he says, you are my God, referencing a personal relationship with Him. And isn't that what this is all about, having a growing personal relationship with the Lord? That, um, that idea, that concept, that principle, that truth, however one wants to uh, term it, is very significant to each of us to have a personal relationship with the Lord. Our personal relationship with the Lord shows up when we come to 
difficult times. When we're going through a situation in our life, and as I mentioned in the afternoon today, um, life does have its mountaintops and its valley points, and he's Lord of both. But when we're going through situations in our life and we're challenged on a personal level, it could be a health issue, it could be a financial issue, it could be a family issue, it could be a social issue or a vocational or an educational uh, issue. When we're challenged, it, it, it's so significant for us to be able to say with a full heart and with real truth behind it, to be able to say, Lord, you are my God. Will you say that with me? Lord, you are my God. How significant is that? He goes on, by the way, Isaiah, and he says, I will exalt you. Think about your own life. I mean, we can think about our lives. Are, are we truly exalting the Lord? Hear this prophet, I mean, Isaiah, the prophet. Not some random Joe from the street, but Isaiah, the prophet, says, Lord, you are my God. And then he says, I will exalt you. Lift you up, raise you up, uh, praise you is the next thing he says. He says, I will praise you. I will praise your name. I guess we could say if it was good enough for Isaiah, it's probably good enough for us, huh? <laughs> to know the Lord on a personal level, to exalt him in our life with our words, with our actions, with our, the intentions and motivations of our heart, uh, with the um, praise that we offer to him. And the next statement he says is, for you have done wonderful things. How many of you can honestly say that of the Lord, that he has done wonderful things? Think about it for a moment. Lord, you have done wonderful things. Would someone like to volunteer an answer to that or response to that? What wonderful thing has he done for you? Is there someone that would like to say that? Michael? Give me the gift of salvation. I agree. That's a wonderful thing. Uh, if you don't think so, think about the opposite. <laughs> the wonderful things he's given, the gift of salvation. Anyone else? What wonderful thing, Tessie? Yes, and that's true. When she was 21, he gave her the Holy Spirit, filled her with the Holy Spirit, and she hasn't stopped praising God. If you know Tessie, you know that's true. She hasn't stopped praising God. Anyone else? Eric? A congregation to come to. That's very important. And there is a lot of strange messianic stuff out there. We're disadvantaged because we are not a denomination, but we're advantaged too because we're not a denomination. <laughs> it goes both directions, but it is wonderful to have the fellowship of the believers to be with like-minded people. I think it's been great today that we've been able to fast, fast today as a community. And as I told everyone at Bible study on Tuesday, I promised them that lunch was on me today. <laughs> and breakfast was on me, and actually dinner, too, last night was all on Miriam and me, but uh, that deal's off now, but, you know. <laughs> Anyone else? What wonderful thing has the Lord done for you that you can really say that? Yes, go ahead. 
You have the day-to-day relationship with him or just in general? With him, yeah. I mean, it is a wonderful thing that, it, to, that God is not fickle in his love towards us. That when we wake up in the morning and we thank God that we have breath and we're alive, that he doesn't leave us nor forsake us. He's not fickle in his love. His love is sure. And we need to develop also a sure, sureness in our love with, with him and for him. That it's, it's a settled deal in our hearts and life that he's the Lord. We love him. And actually, we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. Anyone else? What wonderful thing, Ken? Yeah. I, I don't know if you could all, I'll just repeat the last thing because it kind of summarized, but to not be disconnected from all of God's Word. That would include Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all the way up to 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Jude, and Revelation. Everything in between to not be separated from the Lord's instruction. And one more, what wonderful thing. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yeah, I'm signed on to that one, aren't you? Uh, the, the Shabbat we have in the Lord, that we can cease striving and know that He is God and know that we cannot work or earn our salvation through our mitzvot that we do or through good deeds. Does that mean we shouldn't do those? No, it means we should because we love Him. We want to do what's right in His sight. But we can rest assured that His salvation is, it is as Ephesians 2 8 through 10 tells us it is a free gift of God, not on works, lest any man should boast. By grace you've been saved through faith. Trust in him. Well, Isaiah seemed to have something similar going. Isaiah chapter 25. There are a number of statements in Isaiah that parallel this one. Again, let me read it to you. O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you, I will praise your name, for you have done wonderful things. And there are many declarations like that uh, with Isaiah, even in the book of Isaiah, but also in Jeremiah and other, other uh, prophets. But in the days of Isaiah, during his time historically, Isaiah easily said, O oh Lord, you are my God, but during his time historically, people were running after many other types of gods. Now, I'm going to be a slight bit facetious here. I can't even say it, but I'm going to be a little bit facetious. But um, there's this idea, oh, that's them back there. They're the only ones that ever ran after other gods, and we don't do that anymore. Actually, we have our own set of things we chase after in our culture that we put at a very high level, and some actually put these things in front of God. Hopefully that's not the story of any of us here, but we have our own type of false gods that we chase after. Uh, it's, it's not necessarily bowing before an idol, a physical idol like so many have been uncovered archaeologically in Israel. But we have other things that take that place in our heart. We need to be careful. We need to be able to say, oh Lord, you are my God. And, and we need to be able to say also, I'm not sharing your place with anything else or anyone else. You are my God, zero. That's it. Case closed. 
but also connected to Isaiah's proclamation of fidelity that I just mentioned, you are my God. Those other two statements where he says, I will exalt you and I will worship you are also very important for us. Are you a worshiper of the Lord? Is that part of your life, part of your day, part of what defines you? Are you a worshiper of the Lord? Are you a person that wants to exalt the Lord through your words, through your actions? You might say, well, that's a strange thing to talk about on Yom Kippur. Well, actually, no, it's not. It's the very substance of things that connect with Yom Kippur. That idea when we recognize, as we do here in this Messianic synagogue, that Yeshua is our kapara, he's our atonement, he laid down his life for us, his blood avails for us. When we recognize that, the response then becomes, yes, Lord, we want to walk in this newness of life you give us through faith in you. We want to exalt you, we want to worship you. We want to be uh, good students of your word and follow through as Ken was just representing. And look at all of Scripture and see what Scripture says. Well, Yeshua had a conversation with someone about worship. And it was a Samaritan woman. You probably remember what happened. It's in Yochanan, John chapter 4. It's a long narrative, but I'll just read you two verses from what happened. In verses 23 and 24, Yeshua said to the Samaritan woman... But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Hopefully during these past 24 hours as you've fasted, as you've attempted to seek the Lord with more purpose. You know, we get caught up in everyday life. How many realize you can get caught up quite easily in the daily affairs of life? It's pretty much what happens but hopefully we've been able to focus somewhat on entering into that place of resigning ourselves to the Lord and His will, entering into that place of wanting to worship Him, wanting to exalt Him, and have sensed the responsibility connected to that. You know, if we're a follower of the Messiah, we also want to accept the responsibility of what it means to be a Talmud or a Talmidah, the Hebrew word for disciple, students. We want to accept that responsibility. And yet, there's this other passage which uh, was read, I believe Jonathan read it during our afternoon service this morning, this morning service at 11. It's from the prophet Micha, Micah chapter 7, verse 18 through 20. And it's quite a proclamation. Please listen to this. Who is a God like you? pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. Who is a God like you? And then Micah, Micah the prophet, continued, and he said this, he does not retain his anger forever. <laughs> Boy, that's a good example for us. Huh? If you're holding on to anger towards some, get rid of it. I mean, if God doesn't hold his anger forever, how about you? Let it go. 
He does not retain his anger forever because he, and notice this verb here, he delights. He delights in mercy. Has the Lord shown you mercy during this past year? If he has, will you just raise your hand? Has he shown you mercy? Yes, he has. He's been very merciful to us. And I'm convinced we don't know the half of it. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. And in verse 19 of Micah chapter 7, it says, He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will give truth to Jacob and mercy to Abraham, which you have sworn to our fathers from days of old. During this past uh, 10 days, I delighted when we had our Tashlik service over at Lake Hefner. Now, we weren't allowed to throw bread on the water because it was a city ordinance against it. But just the picture of casting away from ourselves some of the things from our life, that picture that is symbolized, is important for us. And my hope and prayer here this evening is that as we go forward from this Yom Kippur, we go forward to which holiday? We go forward to Hechag, the holiday, which is Sukkot, Tabernacles. And as we are now in the 10th, we're about to leave the 10th, day of the seventh Hebrew calendar month of Tishri, we, we are wending our way towards the 15th day of the month of Tishri, the seventh calendar month of the Hebrew calendar, which is the beginning of Sukkot or the Feast of Tabernacles. And that's a celebration. I don't know if you have uh, driven past the north side of this facility. You may have saw what looked like a, a wooden structure over there in the corner, tucked away. Did anyone see that besides me? Yeah, some of us, Terry, did some. You may have seen that. Well, that's the beginning of our sukkah. Sukkah is a Hebrew word for booth or tabernacle. And the celebration of Sukkot. There's a lot of strange things that have been put into Sukkot nowadays, but in its simplest form, it reminds us of a couple things. One is that we are strangers in this earth. The sukkah is not meant to be a permanent structure. It's a temporary structure. And we'll talk more, Lord willing, we'll talk more about Sukkot when Sukkot comes. But as we head towards Sukkot and we finish here this evening with Yom Kippur at sundown, uh, finish, they complete the 10th day of the 7th Hebrew calendar month of Tishri. We go to Sukkot, the 15th day, and we begin what is not a one-day celebration or a two-day celebration or a three-day celebration, but it actually goes seven full days, and then there's an additional eighth day, and as so often happens, there's a ninth day that's been attached to it, <laughs> an extra-biblical ninth day. As you can see, that's a whole lot of celebrating. And we get the sense when we think about Sukkot, here we're coming from a time of fasting and humbling ourselves, seeking the Lord. We get the sense with Sukkot that God also wants us to be a people that celebrates His goodness. Do you celebrate His goodness tonight? We celebrate His goodness. Yes, we humble ourselves before Him, but always attached to the idea of Yom Kippur is the idea of Sukkot, that great feast, that celebration. And there's a lot to celebrate. God pardons iniquity, as Micah said. 
He passes over transgression. He delights in mercy. He has compassion on us. And we realize on this Yom Kippur, we realize if we allow ourselves to realize it, we realize we are fully dependent upon a God who forgives us. He forgives us. This whole scenario changes if we start to describe God as a God who does not forgive us. An unforgiving God totally changes the picture. We should be thankful there's reasons why we should be exalting Him. We should be praising Him. We should be offering Him thanksgiving. He forgives us. We're dependent upon Him forgiving us. Imagine if every time you crossed one of His lines spiritually and you sinned, that there was no way to repent, there was no way to get it right. What would happen to us? It, we would be, we'd be flooded with sinfulness. Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. We are dependent upon a God who is merciful to us. I'm so thankful that he's merciful. We should learn to be merciful to others. That doesn't mean that we necessarily move his boundary posts when it comes to the, the, the statutes of his word or the principles of his word or the truth of his word. But we want to be merciful. And he has compassion on us. He told his, Yeshua told his Talmudim, he said, go and learn what this means. I desire compassion. I desire mercy more than all sacrifice. So if you're setting a goal for the year ahead, think in terms of being merciful, forgiving, and compassionate towards others. You'll be surprised how much that impacts those. Um, Yeshua forgiving you of your sins impacted your life. If you're able to extend forgiveness to others around you, that will impact their lives. So I pray as we press forward from this Yom Kippur here this evening. I pray that we would be a people that truly exalts Him, praises Him, and honors Him with our lives. That we would pardon others and forgive others. That we would learn how to extend mercy and compassion. Let God deal with all the other stuff, but let us be people of compassion. And if you're a follower of Yeshua here this evening, and you know him as your personal Lord and Savior, you can say like Isaiah said, if you can really say, oh Lord, you are my God. You are, to put it mildly, you are a blessed person. <laughs> you have been blessed. You are blessed. You've come to know him who is the light of the world. You come to know him who is the bread of life. You come to know him who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's given you access to him and to his throne of grace and mercy. And compassion and mercy have been extended to you because of his sacrifice, his shed blood. Will you say this with me? Oh, Lord, you are my God. Let's say that together. Oh, Lord, you are my God. And let's say this together. Also, I will exalt you. I will, I will praise your name. For you have done wonderful things. 
You just confessed what Isaiah said almost 3,000 years ago. He said those words. Isn't it awesome that we can truthfully say that now, 3,000 years later, the Lord doesn't change and His mercy's been extended to us. You've been listening to the Shabbat message from Rosh Pinah Messianic Jewish Congregation in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. We would love to have you visit us. Our weekly services begin at 10.40 a.m. each Shabbat, and we are located at 2600 Northwest 55th Place, north of Northwest Expressway at the corner of Northland Avenue and Northwest 55th Place. We meet each Shabbat for wonderful praise and worship with dance, liturgy, teaching, food, fellowship, excellent children's programs, and Bible studies on Tuesday nights. For more information, please visit our website, www.roshpinah.org. That's R-O-S-H-P-I-N-A-H dot O-R-G. You can also reach us by phone at 405-842-1967 or email us at info at roshpinah.org. Thank you for spending time in the Word with us today. Shabbat Shalom and blessings in Messiah Yeshua.